Nothing changes. Life just seems to keep on going exactly as it always has. We eat, we drink, we die. For from the time that our fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they have from the beginning of creation. We are born, we live, we pay taxes, we die. Nothing changes. The world does not change. Murder, sickness, corruption, rebellion, adultery, divorce, lying, stealing. For all the talk of making it a better place, the world does not change. We do not change. We want to. We strive for it. We desire. But we still lie, cheat, and steal. We are no better than the day we were born. We do not change. Only one has been different. Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead. He made the world a better place with His presence. But the world rejected Him and nailed Him to the cross. He went the way of our fathers. But only for three days. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That changes everything. Peter exclaimed, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, He gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is undying, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Through faith, you are being protected by God's power for the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the end time. Because of this, you rejoice very much, even though now, for a little while if necessary, you have been grieved by various kinds of trials. Christ's resurrection has changed everything. We now have hope. We now have forgiveness. We now have life. No wonder the church has continued to cry out in victory, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Because His resurrection changes everything. Let us then arise in the change and sing the exordium hymn, hymn 348.
Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our contemplation is the Gospel lesson, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. We read again in Jesus' name. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women went to the tomb carrying the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. They went in. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothing. The women were terrified and bowed down with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has been raised. Remember how He told you while He was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. Then they remembered His words. When they returned from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Yet these words seemed to them like nonsense, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, bending over to look in. He saw only the strips of linen cloth. He went home, amazed at what had happened. These are the words of our text. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we have gathered in the triumphant victory of your resurrection from the dead. We pray that you would fill us with joy this morning. Convince us that you did indeed rise bodily from the grave so that we can take to heart all that it means. Give us your life, the life that only you can give. You can give it because you have forgiven all of our sins and opened the doors of heaven to us. Pour out your Spirit upon us and make us even more confident of our salvation in you alone. Sanctify us then by the truth Your word is truth. Amen. In our living Savior, Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. The last time that my family and I visited Australia, we went to my father's grave. It had been a while since I'd been there, So I couldn't find it. I had a general idea of where it was and I walked up and down the rows of graves looking at the gravestones, but I couldn't find it. And while I'm walking up and down those rows, there was one thought going through my head. I know it's here. I'd stood by it 
and seen my father's casket lowered into it. I had visited it other times. I knew it was there. Eventually, Katie found it. It was there, right where I left it, and just as I left it, full. What a different experience the women had that first Easter morning. They knew exactly where the grave of Jesus was. They had probably watched Joseph and Nicodemus hastily wrap Jesus' body and lay it in the grave. They got up early and went straight to it. But it was not as it had been left. It was there. But the stone was rolled away. And the body of Jesus was not there. The cloths that had wrapped Him were. But His body was not. The angels explained to the women, He's not here. He has been raised. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. The angels asked the women a very important question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? That question is still very applicable to us today. Are you looking for the living among the dead? As we consider that question today, we're going to look at two different parts. The first is, Christ is risen. And the second, only Jesus gives life. Christ is risen. How convinced, how sure are you that Jesus rose bodily from the grave? And to be clearer about exactly what I mean by that resurrection, the same body that hung on the cross that was pierced by nails, the same body that breathed its last, the same body that the spear thrust pierced, is breathing again, eating and drinking, it is living. How sure are you of that resurrection? There are usually two arguments posed against the resurrection of Jesus. Well, they can be grouped. The first argument is that it wasn't Jesus that died or that he, he didn't die. So it's proposed that Jesus wasn't on the cross. It was someone else, maybe Simon of Cyrene. But it wasn't Jesus. Now for that argument to be true, None of the people closest to Jesus had to be able to recognize Him. 
That means John, the disciple he loved, and Jesus' own mother standing at the foot of the cross could not tell that it was Jesus just up there. That the one who had given birth to Jesus couldn't recognize him. The one who had spent three years with him every day could not recognize him. That the enemies of Jesus couldn't recognize him. That they crucified the wrong man. That just doesn't make sense. That's not reasonable. It was Jesus of Nazareth that was crucified. So then the second part of this argument against his resurrection is supposedly that he didn't really die. That he just fainted. For that to be true, you would have to assume that the Roman soldiers couldn't tell that someone was dead. You would also have to assume that that spear thrust didn't kill Jesus. And then you would have to ignore the fact that blood and water gushed out. That is not usual. So again, this doesn't seem reasonable. Soldiers know how to kill. That's what they're trained to do. And yet they didn't kill Jesus? No, Jesus of Nazareth was crucified and he died. Those who loved him knew that he was dead. And they came that first Easter morning expecting to find a dead, cold corpse. It is not reasonable to propose that Jesus didn't die. The second argument is that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. The most common argument is that the disciples stole the body and spread the lie that Jesus had actually been raised from the dead. Well, when we think about this, there's a number of things that you have to accept for that to be true. You have to accept that fishermen were able to overpower a Roman guard, a guard that is trained to kill and the Romans sent their best soldiers to Israel because the Jews were hard to handle. So fishermen could overpower soldiers who were trained to kill and were guarding the tomb on the pains of death. Under Roman law, if that body was lost, those Roman soldiers would forfeit their lives. And yet no one proposes that those guards fought to the death. Why is that? Why would they roll over so easily? Because the thought that the fishermen had overcome them is foolishness. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. 
Now, when you consider the radical change that occurred in the disciples from this point on, this is also evidence that Jesus really rose. Let's just be honest. The disciples were cowards. They had sworn before God that they would not desert Jesus. First sign of trouble, they tuck tail and run. But after the resurrection of Jesus, they become courageous. They are willing to be flogged. They're willing to be mocked and ridiculed. They're willing to stand up to religious leaders and take whatever comes. Most of them die because of their faith in Jesus. If they had stolen the body, if they had made all of this up, why would they be so radically changed? It is one thing to die because you believe a lie. It is totally another to die because you created a lie. And yet the apostles, ten died the martyr's death rather than change their story about the resurrection. There is only one reasonable conclusion. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. The disciples saw it and it changed their lives. It changed them. The women went to the tomb. If you were going to create a story to convince people that Jesus had risen, a story in first century Palestine, you would not send women to the tomb. Their witness wasn't even accepted in court. So if you were going to fabricate a story, you'd try and make it bulletproof. Why send women when their witness isn't even valid? But here we see the validity of the story. God had women be the first witnesses that Jesus was alive again. God had angels speak to the women first to explain to them what had happened. That Jesus was alive. What was the reaction of the disciples, the men, whose witness could stand up in court? They said it's nonsense. They didn't believe. They were amazed, but they didn't believe. All of this keeps pointing to the fact that Christ is risen. The valid question of the angels, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They didn't realize He was alive. And so they were looking for the dead among the dead. But Christ is risen. 
He is alive. He is now the living one. How sure are you of the bodily resurrection of Jesus? You should be 100% confident that the same body that hung on the cross, the same body that was pierced with nails and a spear, the same body that breathed its last and was laid in the tomb, is now breathing. And it is eaten and drunk. It is living. And that changes everything. It means that your sins are forgiven. It means that you have waiting for you life in heaven. And it also means that one day your body will rise too. Are you looking for the living among the dead? Christ is risen. He is the only one that gives life. We are looking for life. We're searching for it. We look all around us in this world for it. We often think that wealth can be a source of life. We think that success in our family and work can be a source of life. We think that leisure and recreation, sports, can be a source of life. We think that sex can be a source of life. We chase after these things. And yet, what do they give us in the end? Death. That is, all those things can give us death. They may distract us for a while. They may even fill us with good feelings for a while. But they can't give us life. They can't give us what we most desire and most need. And in the end, they leave us empty and wanting more. So where are you looking for the living? Where are you looking for life? Stop looking among the dead things of this world. And look to the living one. Because he truly does give life. The idea of Jesus imparting life is a very strong theme in the Bible, but especially in the Gospel of John. Here are just a few examples. In the very first chapter, some of the first verses of John, he says, in him was life, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Obviously, life flows from the vine 
to the branches. He told Martha after the death of Lazarus, Lazarus, her brother, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives in me will, excuse me, whoever believes in me will never die. Again, he said, the one who believes in me has eternal life. He said of those that believe in him that they've crossed over from death to life. The reason that Jesus is the source of life is because he is the antidote of what has brought death to us all. Sin. Through Jesus, perfect life, innocent death, and triumphant resurrection, he has won the forgiveness of all of your sins. Everything in this life that causes you to die, every evil thought, everything that you have taken that didn't belong to you, every time you've misused God's gift of sex, all of those things Jesus took away. He suffered and died so that you can live. And God raised him from the dead so that you can know it's true. God doesn't want you wondering about the salvation that Jesus has won. He doesn't want you living through life, hoping and wishing that Jesus lived and died for you. He wants you to know right now that He has accepted Jesus' life and death on your behalf. That He has forgiven all of your sins. That He loves you and wants you to be with Him in heaven. And so He raised Jesus. He raised him so you can know it's true. Jesus gives life. To believe in Jesus is to have life. It's to cross over from the death of sin to eternal life with God. So are you looking for the living among the dead. Jesus is the source of life. Look to Him. Then you will truly live. You can live every day knowing that God loves you. You can live every day comforted that your heavenly Father is watching over you and that He will keep His promise to work all things for your good. You can finish every day assured that your heavenly Father forgives you for all the wrong that you did in it. You can close your eyes at night assured that God will send His angels to watch over you through it. You can even close your eyes in death 
know that he will send his angels to escort your soul to him in heaven. With those things, you can truly live. So stop looking for the living among the dead. Find Christ, who was dead, but now lives. And receive the life that only He can give. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.